The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah. Our topic today is the person of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. And the objective is to introduce the person of the Holy Spirit. And so this morning we're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit as a person, the role of the Holy Spirit in creation, the Holy Spirit under the new under the old covenants, the Holy Spirit in the life and ministry of Jesus, the promise of the Spirit, characteristics of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in the work of recreation, and the attributes of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to be soaked in the Holy Spirit this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we receive your word this morning. Holy Spirit, more than ever before, reveal yourself to us, one and all. Cause us to have a fresh revelation of you that will lead to greater and greater manifestations of your ministry in our lives. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit as a person. There's a need to understand and recognize the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not just a force that brings results, neither is he some kind of emotional display. The Holy Spirit is a real person. It is not sufficient to just recognize God as Father and acknowledge his Son, Jesus Christ, who brought salvation to all men. You also need to know the third person of the Godhead. Now, the first time that the Holy Spirit was mentioned in the scriptures is in Genesis chapter 1. What the Bible says in Genesis 1, 3, 2 or 3, that the Spirit of God, that the earth was without form and it was void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Amen. I mean, the Bible, when we look at the scriptures, you know, in the Old Testament, we hear um, the relationship that our Father God had with, you know, his children, instructing them, teaching them, guiding them, you know, um, um, in the way to go. When we come over to the New Testament, you know, the New Testament reveals Jesus, the Son of God. He came to live a life, you know, he had disciples, he did miracles, he did, you know, great things. And we realize that, you know, the Holy Spirit is always has been someone that is always in the background. Amen. And many times what we see about the Holy Spirit or what we tend to understand about the Holy Spirit is just the things that he does. The manifestations, you know, the results and all that. But if we go through the scriptures, you know, from Genesis to Revelations, we will see intertwined all of our scriptures. Understand that, you know, the Holy Spirit has always been present. The Holy Spirit has always been active. The Holy Spirit has always been relevant. And so he's the third person of the, of, of, of the Godhead and he has a personality. Amen. And so it's not important. It's not just enough for us to know about God the Father. It's not enough for, you know, for us to embrace Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It's important that we also get to know and understand who is this person called the Holy Spirit and what is his relevance in my life? What has he come to do in my life? You know, I believe that we would never ever leave, get, you know, to the ultimate that God wants to get to if we don't learn to embrace the ministry of the Holy Spirit. God is a three-in-one being. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they all have, you know, a, a place, a part to play in ensuring that God's agenda is ultimately accomplished in your life and in this world as a whole. The work in harmony to ensure that God's agenda is propagated all over the world and all over this earth. Amen. So we realize that many times, you know, the Holy Spirit is the one behind the scenes. You know, he's the one, you know, doing. You know, when, when, when God gave the word of creation in Genesis chapter 1, you know, the Bible says that, you know, the Holy Spirit was just moving. And once the word was given, then there was the creation. Then was the manifestation. So we can actually call the Holy Spirit the, the chief executive officer, as it were, of the Godhead. He's the one that ensures that things are done. He's the doer. 
He's the one that brings about manifestations of the things that God has declared. Amen. And so he's a person that can be known. He's a person that can be experienced. Just as God the Father can be known and experienced. Just as God the Son can be known and experienced. God the Holy Spirit can also be known and experienced. Amen. John 16 from verse 6. Jesus was speaking here. But because I have said those things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and ye see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Another version says that the Holy Spirit will not draw attention to himself. He will always glorify the Father. He will always glorify Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. And so Jesus was speaking here. You know, he was telling his disciples that, you know, he was going away. Now, the disciples had experienced the ministry of Jesus for about three years. Jesus had become their all in all. They had seen Jesus perform miracles. They had seen Jesus transform lives. They had seen Jesus raise the dead. And what more could they want? Amen. But all of a sudden, Jesus Christ told them that, you know, I need to go. And he said that it is expedient, it is better, it is advantageous if I go. Because when I go, then the Holy Spirit can come to the earth. And the advantage, you know, that the Holy Spirit, that, 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 that we have in experiencing the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ came to this earth as a man. Amen. And so he was limited, you know, to the body, having a, 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 a physical body, to operating in a physical body. He could be in only one place at one time. Amen. And so that was one of the reasons why Jesus Christ told the disciples that when I go, I will send another comforter. Amen. And this comforter will be with you. This comforter will be everything that, you know, I have been to you. And he can abide and live and dwell in each of your lives. Hallelujah. And so effectively, you have multiplied Jesuses living on this earth by reason of the Holy Spirit living in each and every believer. Glory to Jesus. Amen. And so the church as we know it now is a dispensation that is controlled and governed by the Holy Spirit. God the Father is in heaven. Jesus is at his right hand side. Amen. And the Bible says that, you know, God, Jesus Christ will remain seated until all his enemies become his footstool. I mean, his footstool. Amen. And so the, the member of the Godhead that we have around us on earth today is the Holy Spirit. And it's important that we get to understand how the Holy Spirit operates and what the Holy Spirit does and how we can relate with the Holy Spirit and how we can properly maximize his ministry in our individual lives. And when we learn to do that, we can then expect to aspire, you know, to the fullest potential that God has called every one of us to be. Glory to God. And so God told, Jesus Christ told, you know, the disciples that the Spirit will come. I will send the Holy Spirit. And that promise that he was given to the disciples is for every single person. Amen. Everyone who is going to receive him, everyone who is going to embrace him, can also expect to receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed, unto the day of redemption grieve not the holy spirit of god now the holy spirit you know is resident within you he has a nature he has a personality he's he's the doer he's here to do he's here to accomplish that's his primary and um, primary purpose 
And so whenever we don't give him the room to operate, whenever we restrict him, you know, from manifesting in our lives, you know, the power of God, the results that God wants to bring in our lives from bringing, you know, God's wisdom to us, then the Holy Spirit is grieved. The Holy Spirit is grieved. And one thing that we must know and understand about the Holy Spirit is that he would never insist, push, you know, his will upon us. He's gentle. And so the way he operates is that he wants us to welcome him. He wants us to invite him. He wants us to call upon him. Amen. So even though God's will is clear, you know, he wants you to embrace God's will and he wants you to embrace him and embrace the wisdom and the power that he, that, that, that he gives. Amen. And so it's important that, you know, in our daily lives, you know, we just learn to consciously acknowledge him. Amen. He's living in us. You know, it's amazing that, you know, there are many of us that struggle through issues in life and the Holy Spirit is just standing there and looking and watching waiting for you to call on his help waiting on you to receive his help amen and so it's important that every day every moment of our lives we just learn to consciously acknowledge him Holy Spirit I know you're living in me I acknowledge you today as my helper I acknowledge you today as the one that God has sent to be with me I thank you because you will never leave me nor forsake me amen Jesus Christ said that the Holy Spirit is here with us forever he will abide with us forever and he's going nowhere amen and so we must realize that there's some there's some prayers that we don't need to pray anymore you know david i mean in one of the psalms he said oh god he was praying that god take not your holy spirit from me but jesus christ has told us the holy spirit is going to be with you forever amen and so what you need to learn to do is to take advantage of his presence in your life what you need to do is to consciously learn to receive everything that he has brought to you amen because he's there always and i mean through the through the dark through the night he will never leave you nor forsake you glory to god the role of the holy spirit at creation the role of the holy spirit at creation genesis 1 2 and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Amen. And so as soon as God declared his, the word, let there be light, you know, let there, I mean, the darkness be separated from the light, I mean, the seas and all that, we saw the ma manifestation of the Holy Spirit beginning to do and beginning to bring about the result of the words that God spake. And so right from the beginning time of creation, the Holy Spirit has been in the ministry of doing, has been in the ministry of doing. Genesis 1.26 says, let, I mean, God, God said, let us, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. And that's why man is also a three-dimensional being. Man is a spirit, man has a soul, and man lives in a body. And so God said, God was, you know, speaking to the Holy Spirit and speaking to Jesus. Let us make man, let us make another being just like us that will operate just like us. Hallelujah. Job 33 verse 4 says, The Spirit of God had made me, and the breath of the Almighty had given me life. The Spirit of God had made me. So that goes to confirm that in the creation of man, in the creation of this world, the Holy Spirit was definitely involved. And so everywhere we, we want to see recreate, I mean, some manifestations of creation in our lives, we must learn to know that the Holy Spirit is there to bring about the whatever creation that we want to see in our lives. Amen. When man is, I mean, in, in, the, in, the, in the recreation of man, when man gets born again, the Bible also tells us that that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And so man also is born again by the Spirit of God. And so the Holy Spirit is a creator. Is a creator. Whatever you need him to create in your life, once you can locate it in the word of God, the power of creation can be released in your circumstance and in your situation. Because that's what he is there to do. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit under the new under the old covenant. 
After man fell from grace in the Garden of Eden, his communication with God changed. He could no longer live in the presence of God. He literally lost his standing with God. Man's spirit became contaminated and polluted, so much that all the forces of God within him were negatively affected. And as much as God wanted to be close to man, he was limited by the death state of man's heart. And the spirit of man under the Old Testament could not hold the spirit of God. Now remember what happened with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. When God gave them instructions, you know, don't do this, don't do that. But the devil came and the devil deceived them. You know, the Bible says that God made man in his image. And God told man, um, had told Adam, that the day you eat of, this, of, the, of, of, of the fruit of this tree, that you will die. Amen. But the devil came and the devil, you know, spinned around, you know, the instruction that God had given them, deceiving Eve. And what happened? They yielded, you know, to the devil. And from the moment that they disobeyed God, you know, their spirit man became dead. They were still walking about in their bodies, but their, but their, but their spirit was dead. Amen. And that's why, you know, they began to run from God. Because they didn't have the boldness, they didn't have the confidence to stand before God's presence. Fear had come in, death and all its manifestations had begun to reign in the life of Adam. Amen. Glory to God. And God, you know, was saying that, you know, and, and that's why we see under the Old Testament that, you know, you know, many of the men, not many, all the men that were born after Adam could not actually have the spirit of God living within them. Why? Because their spirit was dead. And that's why God had to make a way. God had to make a plan. He gave them a promise that at a certain time, at some point, that I would have to change your spirit. I would have to remove the heart of stone that has been within you. And I will have to give you a heart of flesh. And when eventually I give you a heart of flesh, you won't need any man to have to teach you this is the way to go. But I will write my laws on your heart. You will understand my ways. You will, able to, you will be able to relate with me as an individual. You won't need any go-between, as it were. And every man will know the Lord for himself. That's what the Bible says in Jeremiah 31, 34. Every man will know the Lord for themselves. And so under the Old Testament, there were only three categories of people that had the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And there were the kings, the, the priests, and the prophets. If you remember when, when the Israelites asked God for a king, and Saul was sought out to lead the people, God told you know, the, the prophet that the prophet should anoint Saul to be king over Israel. When David also was, was selected to replace Saul as king of Israel, you know, the Bible had told, you know, the prophets to anoint Samuel, to anoint David, to stand in that office as a king. And so people that God had called to be kings, they had to be anointed by the Spirit of God for them to stand in that office. Praise God. Now, the other category of people are the priests. And what was the function of the priest? The priests under the Old Testament were anointed to represent the people before God. So the people of Israel had no standing with God. They had no rights to approach God. They had no individual relationship within, with, with God. If they wanted to approach God, they had to go through the priest. If they had sins that they wanted their sins covered and all, you know, they had to bring the animals and they had to show themselves before the priest. And then the priest will take the sacrifice and go and present to God. And then God will forgive them. So they had no standing on an individual basis before God. Amen. And so the priests that, uh, that, that stood in that office were effectively anointed by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit had to come upon them to stand in that office. And the third category um, are the prophets. The prophet. Now the prophets under the Old Testament were anointed to present the voice of God to the people. When God wants to speak to the people, he speaks to them through the prophets. Samuel was a prophet of God, and there were, you know, many other prophets that um, the Bible, you know, um, um, tells us under the Old Testament. 
Yeah. So if you are not a king, if you are not a priest, if you are not a prophet, you couldn't experience the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I must understand that even the people that stood in those offices, they didn't have the Holy Spirit living in them. So the Holy Spirit, you know, upon them was just to enable them and empower them to serve. And to minister to that, I mean, to the people. They didn't have a personal relationship with the, uh, with, 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 the, with, the, with the Holy Spirit. And we see in the life of Saul that when God rejected him from being king of Israel, that anointing lifted up from him. The Holy Spirit left him because his days were numbered. Amen. Glory to God. And so God gave a promise that, you know, at a certain time, I'm going to visit my people and I'm going to change and I'm going to change them to ensure that my Holy Spirit can live in them. To ensure that they can experience the maximum benefits of all that the Holy Spirit can do and wants to accomplish in their lives as individuals. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit in the life and ministry of Jesus. Now Jesus Christ came to show us and to demonstrate to us what life in the spirit is meant to be. What life in the spirit is meant to be. Jesus Christ is God. But when he came to earth, he came as a man. He left his Godship as it were in heaven. And he came, you know, through a woman to experience everything that man experienced, to live the kind of life that man lives, but then to show us that there is a superior way to live. There is a better way to live, empowered by the Spirit of God. And so the Bible tells us a lot of things about Jesus, that when Jesus Christ was born, Mary, his mother, knew that there was something special about this child. And the Bible tells us that, you know, he grew in wisdom and in stature. He had favor with God and man. You know, at the age of 12, he was already, you know, um, 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 engaging with the teachers of his time. And, you know, there was wisdom that was already, you know, showing forth from his life. Hallelujah. But up until that time, you know, he couldn't perform any miracle. I mean, there were some things that he walked in, but he was still limited. And it was not until the Holy Spirit came upon him that, you know, his ministry took off formally. And he began to manifest himself in, his full, in, in, in the fullest capacity. Amen. Luke 3, verses 21 and 22. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape, like a dove upon him. And a voice from heaven, which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And it was after those points that the Bible tells us that Jesus went and he, he selected his disciples. He turned water into wine. He began to heal the sick. He began to declare. You know, the Bible tells us in, in 11, 1 through, Isaiah 11, chapter 1, you know, t telling us about, you know, the Holy Ghost going to come up. I mean, go, that, that, that was going to be released upon God's Son. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of mind. Amen. And it was after Jesus Christ was baptized by the Holy Spirit that he stood up and he declared that this scripture today is fulfilled before you that the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me he has anointed me hallelujah he has anointed me to deliver the brokenhearted and to do all those things. But he couldn't manifest all those things until he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. He couldn't walk in all those things until there was an enemy. So that's why the fact that he was, I mean, the Bible calls him the son of God, but he came as the son of man. And as the son of man, he was limited and couldn't manifest all those things until the Holy Ghost came upon him. Praise the Lord. And so the Holy Spirit anointed him to teach and to preach and to to deliver and to heal and to save and to do all the things that he did. And Acts 10 38 tells us that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. 
For God was with him. But even though God was always with him from the start, he needed the Holy Spirit to be able to manifest the fullness of his ministry. So there's a role that the Holy Spirit had to play in the life of Jesus. And if the Holy Spirit had not come, there are things that Jesus would not have been able to accomplish as an individual. And that same Holy Spirit is available to us. So there are things that you will not be able to work in as an individual until you learn to embrace the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so the same things that the Holy Spirit did in the life of Jesus, he can do in the life of every believer. He can do in the life of everyone who is going to embrace him and allow him to flow in their lives. Glory to God. So Jesus was only able to do what he did on earth because he depended on the Holy Spirit. John 3.34 says that Jesus was given the Holy Spirit without measure. He had an unlimited supply of the Holy Spirit. The presence of the Spirit in his life did not only play a vital role in his ministry, but also in his life. His strong relationship with his Father was a product of the working of the Spirit in his life. The Holy Spirit made the voice of his father to be real to him. This was so important since he literally followed every instruction of his father during his mission on earth. The Bible tells us that what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of a man that dwells in that man. Even so, the things of God, you know, knoweth no man but the spirit of God. And that same spirit we have received, that same spirit will reveal the Father unto us. That same spirit will give us the wisdom of God. That same spirit will teach us the ways of God. That same spirit will echo God's voice and God's instruction to us in every day of our lives. Hallelujah. The promise of the spirit. John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father... And he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. He may abide with you forever. The Greek word for another comforter is alos parakletos, which means another comforter of the same kind. Another comforter of the same kind. And so Jesus had to let his disciples understand that, you know, he's going away from them. You know, was not going to leave them less in any way. But he was going to send them another person that would do the same things that he had been doing and even more. Amen. John fourteen twelve says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And when I go on to my father, the Holy Spirit, the enabler, is going to come. And so the same person that enabled me to do great and mighty things can enable you to do great and mighty things. And Jesus Christ said somewhere else in the, in the book of John chapter 6 verse 28. I mean, someone was asking him, what, what do we need to do that we might do the works of the father? And Jesus Christ said, you know, the works that we have been called to is to believe is to believe. And so he that believes on me, he that believes that the Holy Spirit that has been sent from me is the same comforter, is the same individual that is here to do the same things and more than I have done. And learned to embrace him and learned to yield himself or herself to him. The same works that I did while I was on earth, he will do even greater. Glory to Jesus. Now, what are the characteristics of the Holy Spirit? The interpretation of the Greek words for comforter, parakletos, falls into six other English words, which individually speak of vital things he does for us and in us. These words are advocate, counselor, helper, intercessor, strengthener, and standby. Amen. Who is an advocate? Now, in Nigeria, we have people who are called senior advocates of Nigeria. S-A-N. When you have a high-profile case, 
in courts and you need someone that has correct influence, you go and hire a son. But God help you if you have to face arbitration in the English courts. A son cannot help you. But the Bible says that in the Holy Spirit, we have an advocate who is not limited to any jurisdiction. We have a covenant with God. And what the Holy Spirit does is to enforce that covenant. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. The day that any circumstances, circumstance comes up against you and wants to question the covenant that God has cut with you, the Holy Spirit says, no, justice has been served already. My, I mean, God's covenant has been broken and has been set in place already. And this is what needs to happen in the life of this person. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit can, will always fight for us. The Holy Spirit will always, you know, enforce all the things that God has laid down in the, in the, the new law, the blessings of the covenant, the promises of the covenant, the things that have been written down already. The Holy Spirit is the one on earth that will ensure that those things are enforced in your life. So he is our advocate. Come what may, whatever situation that we may be facing in our lives, we know that the Holy Spirit is always there for us. And will put us over in life. Amen. Amen. Who is a counselor? A counselor is someone that gives you personal guidance. When you face issues in life, can give you wisdom, can give you advice, can show you what to do, where to go. You have a personal counselor in the Holy Spirit. And you know the good thing about the Holy Spirit is that he's not limited to any issue. Amen. You might have some counselors in this world that will tell you, I'm sorry, my wisdom, my knowledge does not, you know, include, you know, this area and that area. But whatever it is, whatever area that you need guidance in life, the Holy Spirit is a senior counselor that will counsel you and show you where to go. So you will always know what to do. He is our helper. Amen. How many of us were at the vigil on Friday? Amen. God's help was released, you know, in an abundant way. The Holy Spirit is our helper. And so you don't have to be alone. Whatever kind of help you need, whatever kind of help you need, he is there. Whatever kind of assistance you need. I mean, it's so amazing to know that God has given you somebody just to help you. Just to help you. So whatever you might be going through, you don't have to go through it alone. You can call on the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can call on the resources of the Holy Spirit. You can call on the counsel of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that counsel in the heart of man is as deep waters and a man of understanding. A man who knows that I have the Spirit of God dwelling within me. And that Holy Spirit has the counsel that I need. Will learn to draw out that counsel. Because whatever, you know, you are carrying God wherever you go. Because God lives in you by the Holy Spirit. You carry the Holy Spirit wherever you go. And so he's an ever-present help. Ever-present. Never, ever absent. Never asleep. Even though you might be sleeping, you know that the Holy Spirit is never, ever going to sleep off on you. Amen. Ever-present help in time of trouble. And so you don't need to fear. And so you don't need to fret. And that's why the Bible says that I will not fear what man can do to me because the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. The Holy Spirit is there to help me in all situations. He is our intercessor. Amen. He's our helper when it comes to the place of prayer. The Bible says that we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit takes hold together with us against our weaknesses and helps us to pray out the will of God. And so in the place of prayer, in pleading your case before God, you know, you can always rely on the Holy Spirit. He will help us to intercede before the throne of God. He is our strength now. The Bible says, I can do all things through the anointed one and his anointing that strengthens me. 
He is our strength now. And so when you feel weak in life, you know that you have a supply of strength. Hallelujah. That is ever ready to kick in. You know you have someone that is ever available to infuse you, you, you know, strength and ability within you. You might be faced with a project and you think you don't know how to go about it and you feel overwhelmed. Amen. Just open your mouth and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And when you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, you are generating the strength of the Holy Ghost. You are generating the power of God. I realized, wow, I can do this because I'm empowered by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he is our standby, ever ready, ever present, always by our side. Amen. You know the way a standby generator works? The day never fails, the standby generator is there to kick in. There are things that God expects you to do on your own. Amen. There are things that the Holy Spirit is not going to do for you. Now, you don't wake up in the morning and say, Holy Spirit, because you're my standby, or you're getting me up from bed and bath me and clothe me and do all that. Amen. There are things that God expects you to do by yourself. But there are times that for some reason when your, your, your ability fails, amen, you know, that part of your life, that project, that assignment does not need to go unaccomplished. Why? Because there's strength. There's someone that brings in the strength that you need. There's someone that brings in the help that you need. There's someone that brings in the counsel that you need at all times. He is ever present as a standby. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. So what are some of the other things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives? The Holy Spirit empowers you to be a witness for Jesus. Acts 1.8, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and all the uttermost parts of the earth. Case in point was Peter. Peter had no confidence about what, you know, Jesus Christ had done for him. Amen. And what he had experienced. But by the time the Holy Spirit came upon him, I mean, he was a changed man. The same man that was hiding and, you know, running away from fear. He opened his mouth and he began, you know, to declare to the people of God and to preach God's word in boldness. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to be witnesses for Christ. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He doesn't draw attention to himself, but he draws attention to Jesus. Amen. And so God, the Holy Spirit, you know, is in our lives to ensure that we are manifesting Jesus and we are showing forth Jesus. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit bears witness with you that you are a new creature. Bears witness with you that you are a new creature. Romans 8.16. Can you project that? Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You know, the Bible makes us understand that in, in, in Romans, you know, Paul was saying something like, you were, you were grafted from a wild olive and you were planted into God's branch. And that sometimes that you might look at yourself and, you know, wonder, okay, do I, do I really belong here? You know, am I really a child of God? Is it really true that, you know, the God of heaven and earth, you know, the God of all creation is all about me, is all after me, lives in me? Am I really sure that I have a hope in him? But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirits. So, you know, it doesn't matter what you might feel. The Bible says that there is therefore now no condemnation, you know, to all those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Spirit dwells on your, your inside. He gives you that assurance that you are a child of God. He gives you that assurance that God already is, you know, is, 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 is abiding with you. He gives you that assurance that you can lay hold on every promise that you have seen in God's word. Because you are a child of God. The prodigal son, the Bible tells us that he just remembered that I, I, I have a father somewhere now. And I'm still this man's son. And therefore, I know that if I go back to this man, he's not going to turn me back. The Bible says that whosoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. I will in no wise cast out. So the Holy Spirit lives in us and he bears witness that you are a child of God. A child of the Most High. Blessed of the Most High God. God loves you and God favors you. God's hand is mighty upon you. God is bringing you out of whatever situation you might be experiencing. It doesn't matter if the whole of the world is against you. You are still a child 
of the Most High God. And you are definitely going to come out of this. So there's a hope, there's an assurance that he builds within us. And many times we need to pray, pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is witnessing within us. Amen. Glory to God. Because that's what we need to put us over in life. The Holy Spirit brings things to your remembrance. John 14, 26. John 14, 26. The Holy Spirit brings things to your remembrance. And like I said, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't just, you know, teach you or know about. His, his knowledge is not limited. Amen. Glory to God. And so there are times that, you know, we need to remember the acts of God. We need to remember what the word of God says. We need to remember that, you know, if God be for us, who can be against us? There are situations that it might seem like you have forgotten the goodness of God. You know, the Holy Spirit begins to remember that, remind you that this is who you are. This is what God has done. And this is what God will do in your life. So the words of Jesus, the Holy Spirit will continue to bring those words to us, particularly when we need those things. Amen. The Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. He will not testify of himself, but he will testify of Jesus. And so whenever we, I mean, the Holy Spirit is a manifestation, he will always give glory to God. The manifestation will always give glory to Jesus and ensure that Jesus is declared Lord. The Holy Spirit convicts sinners around you. The Holy Spirit is involved in the work of bringing sinners to repentance. The Bible says that he will convict the world of sin. Amen. He will convict the world of sin. The Holy Spirit does not convict believers, but he convicts the world of sin. And he makes them realize that that sin has been paid for already. And that there is hope, there is life that they can receive and experience in Jesus. The Holy Spirit teaches you all things. He's the spirit of revelation. And so the Holy Spirit can teach you any subject. The Holy Spirit can teach you anything in life. The Holy Spirit can teach you the word of God. He is our teacher. Amen. The Holy Spirit guides you, glorifies God through signs and wonders. He glorifies God through signs and wonders. He is the doer that we have here on earth. Amen. And whenever, you know, many times, you know, he wants to do miracles through us. He wants to do signs and wonders through our lives that will ultimately glorify God. He guides you into all truth of God's word and the realm of the supernatural. He constantly generates life in your mortal body. If the spirit of him who raised up Jesus dwells in you, that same spirit shall give life to your mortal body. That same spirit will quicken your mortal body. Hallelujah. Our bodies are not born again when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives. You know, our bodies are turning to death. But while you are on earth, you can always experience the rejuvenating power of God, of the spirit of God. Because the spirit of God is a spirit of life and can ensure that you are walking in life. And you are, I mean, wherever the enemy wants to, to, to bring about the manifestation of death. The Bible says that the thief comes to steal to kill and to destroy sickness is a manifestation of death and wherever we have sickness attempting to manifest in our bodies we can always you know rely on the holy spirit to bring about the manifestation of life that will flush out every manifestation of death the holy spirit makes jesus and the things of god real to you amen because the holy spirit you know gives us revelation about who god is about who jesus is and so when we learn to to rely on the holy spirit when we learn to embrace the holy spirit we get to understand and to know more about god and his operations and his works in our lives he lifts up the word of god and the name of jesus and he will give you direction in life. So, so, so important. When you don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit will give you direction in life. If you are a child of God, if you are a daughter of God, you can expect to be led by God. You can expect to be directed by God at all times. Amen. The Holy Spirit and a walk of recreation. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 1, 23, that we are born, born again not of corruptible, but of the incorruptible word of God that lives and abides forever. 
But we are born again, not just by the word of God. Amen. You know, the person that, that, that gives us birth, that actually causes us to be recreated, is the spirit of God. The Bible says, how can they believe without a preacher? So there needs to be the hearing, first of all, of the word of life. Of the word that can cause you to born again, to get born again. And when you hear that word and when you believe that word of God, the Holy Spirit brings about that recreation. And that's why Jesus Christ said in the book when he was speaking to, to Nicodemus in John 3. That, and he said that that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So when we are born again, we are born again by the spirit of God. So the spirit of God was involved in the first creation of man. And in our recreation, there is also the involvement of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that takes away the heart of stone and gives us the heart of flesh. And he comes to reside within us when we get born again. So the Holy Spirit is the one who actually recreated you in Christ Jesus to do good works. The Holy Spirit is the one that reveals the word to us. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. There are deep things of God that God has prepared for you. However, it has to be revealed in the word of God. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because it translates the mind of God to believers. The attributes of the Holy Spirit. There are a number of symbols and names that are used in scripture to explain the personality of the Holy Spirit. Each of these symbols and names gives us insight into the attributes of the Holy Spirit. The first one is comforter. Jesus Christ said, I will, I will send you another comforter. We've talked about what that, what that meant, what that means already. One called alongside to help. And that's literally what the Holy Spirit does. He's here to help you. He's our helper in life. Holy Spirit. And as the name implies, he is holy. He works in your life more effectively when you make holiness your priority. Holiness is simply separating yourself from the contamination of the world system. So the Spirit of God is holy. And the Spirit of God lives in holy vessels. And so the Spirit of God helps us to live lives that are holy unto God. The other symbol is a dove. A dove. When Jesus Christ was baptized by the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us that you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit descended from heaven like a dove. Now, when we think of a dove, what do we think of? A bird that is gentle. And that's precisely the nature and the character of the Holy Spirit. He is gentle. And that's why he's living in the lives of many people. And many people, for one reason or the other, might not be paying attention to him. But he's there all the same, committed to you. And waiting for the time you will begin to acknowledge him. And waiting for the time that you will begin to give him room to operate in your life. And to be who he has called to be in your life. Fire. In the book of Acts 2, when, you know, the, 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 the believers, you know, the promise, there was a manifestation of the promise of the Spirit upon all the other believers. The Bible tells us that the Holy Ghost came down, you know, like fire. Amen. Now, when, when Jesus Christ got baptized, the Holy Spirit came down as a dove. When the church, the early church, you know, received the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came as fire. And you might wonder, you know, so... Okay, am I expected to see manifestations of fire when I get filled with the Holy Spirit? Not necessarily. You know, since the day the Holy Ghost came down from heaven on the day of Pentecost, he has never ever gone back to heaven. Amen. So he came from heaven with a loud, loud bang with all the demonstrations that you can imagine and since then he has come you know to take residence on earth amen and so when someone gets filled with the holy spirit there might be manifestations but if there's no manifestations the holy spirit once you have received you know the holy spirit the holy spirit is still living within you so you don't necessarily have to see those manifestations that accompanied the first release of the holy spirit from i mean from heaven to earth amen but the holy spirit is also also works like fire and what does fire do fire purifies 
Fire cleanses. So the Holy Spirit is, 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 I mean, wants to cleanse us. You know, there are things that, you know, you might have been holding on to that are not in line with God's will for your lives. The Holy Spirit can bring about a cleansing action in your life and destroy the things that, you know, have been preventing you from experiencing the fullness of God. And finally, the Holy Spirit is also symbolized as wind. Wind. So there was fire and there was also a rushing mighty wind. And, what, and, and wind here represents a mighty force. And so after you have submitted yourself consciously to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, you will not only see his gentle side, but you will also experience his forceful side. There is indeed a forceful side to the Holy Spirit. The forceful side will bring about restoration to the saints that are obedient and judgment to the disobedient. Ananias and Sapphira experience his forceful side in judgment when they lied to him. So that's why the fact that the Holy Spirit came to empower the believers. On the other hand, you know, there were people that they short-circuited the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and the things that the Holy Spirit was doing in the church. And so they died as a result of the forceful manifestation of the Holy Spirit against the things that they were doing. Hallelujah. And so the Holy Spirit has been given to us as our companion, as our everyday companion. And God's desire is that more than ever before, we embrace everything that he has come to do in our lives. He's living in you. He is abiding with you. He will never ever leave us nor forsake us. That's what the Bible makes us to understand. And he is our 24-7 comforter and helper. Hallelujah. Shall we bow our heads for a few minutes? Amen. And I just wanted to talk to the Holy Spirit this morning. The Holy Spirit is a gift that has been given to the body of Christ. This promise is for you and to all your sons and to those that are far off and all whom the Lord shall call. And I just want you to begin to just consciously acknowledge the fact that the Holy Spirit is within you to help you and just receive his help like never before. I don't know what you might be going through, but the Holy Spirit wants to reveal himself more than ever before. The Holy Spirit wants to take his place in your life. But as you learn to acknowledge him, as you learn to honor him as you learn to consciously ask him to take his place in your life you will begin to see greater and greater manifestations hallelujah glory the preceding message was brought to you by king's word everywhere nigeria we are located at king's word auditorium etel avenue behind nnpc filling station first bank bus stop of Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.